This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Hey, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to the Tuesday, December 12th edition of Talk Back. Talk Back this morning, brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Gomer's Diesel. Glad to have them aboard. Also brought to you by Y West Storage, uh, located out at the Y at 70992 Smokes Way. Their number 406-510-0590 for pricing and availability because at uh, Y West Storage, they're making room for you. It also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. Whether it's your home or your business, nobody gives you a better cleaning job. And no job is too big or small. Your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. So here's their number, 406-260-6617. Get yourself a free estimate. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Well, it is my great pleasure and privilege to introduce the fabulous Nick Christensen right across the way. Good morning, Mr. Nick. <laughs> Good morning. You're wearing your winning jersey today. Uh, well, sweatshirt. Yes, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think I'd go as far to wear a okay. jersey. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. That, but sorry. Uh, yes, New York Football Giants got a win, so anytime they do, I. Try to wear uh, wear the sweatshirt the next day, no matter how many wins we have. So. It was it was impressive. Yeah, I it was thought a good their, game. Their, their new quarterback uh, looked really good. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, I think I said on the show a couple weeks ago, I'd kind of given up on them and just wanted them to lose and get the good draft pick. And <laughs> you know, I've been focusing on the Grizz so much right. that I haven't really had time to really uh, care too much about the Giants. But now they've rattled off three in a row with a third string quarterback, and ironically, they're one game out of the playoffs, which. I don't think they'll do anything even if they make the playoffs, but it's at least fun. So, yeah. Well, the coach might be able to keep his job for one thing. Well, he was coach of the year last year. So I don't, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that he sticks around for a while. He's pretty good. So cool. All right. But speaking of coaches, did you hear the North Dakota state news yes. yesterday? Yes. Yeah. Their coach has been hired away. Yeah. By now, who, who hired him? Uh, USC. Oh. I believe he's going to be a linebacker coach. Yeah. Something like, so he's a position coach. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But hired at USC, but he's going to finish coaching NDSU the rest of this season, which is kind of unique because a lot of the times when those college coaches, you know, move and, and get a new position, they up and leave. I mean, I, right. I remember, I think it was Brian Kelly was famous for leaving his team right before a bowl game and, you know, and cause they want you to start that new job and new recruiting because this is a hot button time, but. NDSU will have their coach on Saturday. Yes. Anyway. And, and uh, I found out uh, from Ace Sourwine that the portal has taken Idaho's top two players away. Yeah, three now. Three? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering uh, what's going to happen to the Montana Grizzlies. Can you imagine who wouldn't want a Junior Bergen or any of those those guys? Well, so here's the thing. the It's really good that we won when we did because... The portal first window closes on the 15th. Wow. And because all the Grizz are still playing and on a team, all the players that would potentially want to enter the transfer portal, they're behind everybody else. So there's going to be a lot less incentive for our guys to want to leave because most of the other guys will have already had a leg up and been picked up. So the fact that we won last week might have saved us from losing some players. So it's good news, bad news, right? Uh, good news, good news for the Grizz, I'd say, yeah. I mean, because yeah. this whole portal stuff is going to be yeah. crazy. I mean, it's yeah. going to affect us because that kid from Idaho, he was the Jerry Rice Award winner 
last year, right. which, as you know, is the freshman of the year. So you like Gilman, and he's, and he's right. a quarterback. Like, I mean, so yeah, and he's you don't even know where you're going. That's the thing; these kids just are entering the portal, hoping that they end up on a better team and get all that NIL money, and it's just a mess. It's crazy all of a sudden. So Anyway, yeah. well, hey, listen, this is open phones uh, for this hour. This this is uh, going to be great. Whatever's on your mind this morning, the phone lines are free and clear. You got something on your mind, we want to hear about it. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. And uh, the Grizzlies will be facing... An extremely tough opponent, uh, North Dakota State University. And uh, I don't know what it was about that game back in 2015, but it has stuck in my mind for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And how uh, it was Bob Stitt was the coach at the time. He was this very first game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. His very first game as the Grizz coach. And here comes the perennial national champion, North Dakota State Bison. Bison with a Z. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brent Musburger, of course, the Montana guy himself, uh, just uh, saying, well, you know, the Grizzlies are a good team and uh, they've got good history. But, you know, that that's just really the franchise over there in North Dakota <laughs> State and sounding all sage and wise. And and then at the end of the game, he looked he looked he looked into the into the camera and said, you know what? I was wrong. Way to go, Grizz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we get a repeat of that on Saturday. That would be very nice. Anyway, we're going to come right back. 721-1290-1800-568-530. Now, whatever might be on your mind, that's what we want to talk about. We're going to come right back after this quick timeout. We're settling into a fairly stable stretch of weather here in western Montana as high pressure gives us dry weather, but with enough lingering moisture combining with sun to create inversions for the valleys through the rest of the week. Each morning we'll see areas of morning fog lasting into the early afternoon, with mostly cloudy skies the remainder of the day, although we could see a little more sun in the afternoon the second half of the week. Highs in the mid-30s and morning lows in the upper teens. In the Town Square Weather Center, I'm Dennis Bryant. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you along. It is open phones until 9 o'clock this morning, and then we'll be visiting with uh, the folks from the Mansfield Center at the University of Montana for our, our monthly get-together, uh, talking with Dina Mansour and also Gwen Jones, a Missoula City Councilor, about all sorts of good things that are coming up between 9 and 10. So we're looking for your phone calls there as well. Right now, though, it's open phones. Whatever might be on your mind, uh, yeah, we were just, Nick and I were just looking back at what happened back in 2015? If you were uh, to, to set the scene, if you were guys remember, uh, it was a bad, bad fire year, right? And uh, it was it was the end of August, and the smoke literally was hovering over the stadium, uh, and, and they, they called it the Orange Bowl because everything the the atmosphere was just orange. And uh, they they were toying with the idea. I remember doing interviews with uh, the folks at the city county health department. Maybe we will force the game cancellation. Maybe we'll let them play. Finally, they, because it was the first college football game of the entire year. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, we didn't have to compete with uh, with Notre Dame or USC or any of that. We, we were the only game in town that ESPN was going to broadcast that day. And, of course, we had perennial powerhouse uh, North Dakota State on the road under uh, to a team with a new head coach. And so that uh, – and the rest, quite literally, was history. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, 
they, even though we beat them, as you said during the break, they went on to win the national championship <laughs> that year anyway. And they've won nine out of the last 12 yep. national championships. And, so. and of course, when, when we had to play them again in the playoffs, we went to their place and it wasn't pretty. Dun, 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 <laughs> yeah. So. But anyway, hey, we're, we'll, we'll hang on to that one. Absolutely. So what, what's on your mind out there the, uh, this morning, folks? Uh, uh, some friends of mine and I in our, in our uh, church group, we all went out to Texas Roadhouse last oh. night. Haven't been there yet, and very, very nice, nice people. Uh, uh, the, the atmosphere is good. You know, a lot of people, you know, singing happy birthday and doing the yeehaw and all the, the line dancing stuff. It was, it was pretty fun. So, anyway. Yeah, I, I, uh, we went last week during the weekend, and it was fun. The food was pretty good. The wait wasn't too long. I think it was like, 20, 25 minutes, so we just right. walked around the mall for a little bit. But, yeah, it was, you know, good good food, good atmosphere. Our server was awesome. I can't remember his name, but he was great. And so, yeah, it was a good time. Yep. All right. Uh, g- give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind this morning, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. It quite literally is open phones all the way until 9 o'clock. So who's, who's, who, who do we have? We have Dave. All right, Dave. Good morning, sir. You're on Talkback. What's on your mind? Yes, about the Texas abortion laws. Okay. Okay. According to the Texas law, it says that uh, for a woman to be able to get an abortion, she has to be in danger of losing her life. And number two, uh, a failure of her major body function. Okay. Uh, this woman wanted an abortion. Right. She, the 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 lawyers say, or the doctors say that she, she her life was not in danger but that her her ability to have a, a baby was very threatened okay so the state supreme court ruled that she didn't qualify but i am curious uh, isn't having a baby a major body function? <laughs> last and, time I, last time i checked it was yeah it's 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 it's, it's, it's a normal body function but, uh, yeah, it is a major function. Yeah, so I'm questioning the, their judgment there and, and not allowing her to have an abortion. So I'm curious what pro-lifers say about that. Well, I will tell you, I don't know enough about it to make a cogent argument, to be honest with you, Dave. So, Well, yes, and it's going to be interesting because... Because, I mean, it's it's sending a message that, you know, having a baby is not a major body function. So so how do you... So, I mean, it's kind of strange. Well, you, you have to admit, it, 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 is, it, is, it is a major event in a woman's life, but it is not unusual for uh, women to have babies. It happens every day. Right. And uh, to, to switch the subject, I think... Um, Giuliani is is going to be a very poor man after the the trial that he's going through is over with. He's I think he's going to be who's who's suing a lot of money. Uh, who's suing? Is he getting sued or does he have to pay for his own attorneys? He's being sued by two women who who he claimed uh, were uh, were faking election uh, were were pro- causing problems with the elections. Okay. Uh, Yes, and and uh, he is he is going to be a very poor person. So when they're all they're, said they're, they're suing him for slander or libel or what? Right, slander I, and I, libel. Okay, he he claiming they they purposely uh, missed did uh, election results or election 
ballots. So, so, so yeah. Okay. All right. Well, okay. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the court decides. Right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for the call. Sure. And with that, we're up against a break. 721-1290 is our number. Jeff, waiting patiently on the phone. It's open phones. Whatever might be on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. 721-1290. We're coming right back after this. Spoiled soup. All right, crew. Let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, You should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. We are back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. Jeff waiting very patiently for us. Jeff, good morning. Thanks for holding, sir. Please go ahead. Not a problem. Good morning. I'm waiting somewhat patiently, I think. Uh, yeah, first of all, having a baby does not destroy your a woman's body's ability to have a baby. So you haven't destroyed a major body function. So oh, I, 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 I found this quote. Uh, it comes right from Google. It says, quote, according to the court, uh, quote, a pregnant woman does not need a court order to have a life-saving abortion in Texas. Instead, a physician must determine, quote, that one is needed under the appropriate legal standard using reasonable medical judgment, end quote. Okay. So there yeah, you go. I didn't call to talk about that. I just okay. thought it was a specious argument to begin with. Um, my, I called about the uh, kerfuffle over just making a, uh, putting the menorah on the courthouse rotunda outside a statement of support against anti-Semitism. And I can't believe that Josh Slotnick and Juanita Vero um, oppose that. Uh, Slotnick is is Jewish himself. I'm looking at an article in the Missoulian. And to me, this is a salient statement. When I said, I haven't read through the thing in great depth, but he said, I think the menorah minus the Christmas tree in a public space looks like it's a statement on the Hamas war, even if it isn't actually. 
First of all, it's not the Hamas war, like Israel all of a sudden decided to attack Hamas. Hamas attacked Israel. So it would be a, it would be a, a statement of support for people who were attacked by terrorists. And after 9-11, I don't recall the uh, Jewish community in Israel saying, well, I don't know if we can, uh, you know, uh, take the side of the United States because it might be misconstrued as a statement about um, the United States uh, public efforts out there. They stood unequivocally by our side. And it just really bothers me that uh, Josh Slotnick and Juanita Vero will not do the same for Israel. It is, or, and the Jewish, actually not even for Israel, it's for the Jewish community in town. And the last, the last part of the editorial says public commenter Ed Brown was blunt, equating the county's denial with outright acts of anti-Semitism like the Whitefish troll storm in 2017. And Frank hiding, he said, not on my watch. And I think that's the whole point of this is that the decision was not driven by anything other than fear. We're afraid of how we might be construed. And I never make a decision out of fear um, if I can avoid it. I mean, sometimes, you know, fear, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to get in a crash. I got a break. Um, but to make a conscious determined choice like this out of fear of being misconstrued, you know, have some testicular fortitude, if you would, <laughs> Mr. Slotnick. You know, get out there and, you know, you're Jewish. Have a support Show support for your fellow community members. No Christian that I know is going to take offense of that. I wouldn't think so. So, no. Well, and then I... uh, something that I'll, I'll continue in a, at a later date, but uh, uh, I, I'm thinking long term, you know, TalkBack provides a very valuable service to the community. And I, for one, really have really appreciated it since my return to North, uh, Western Montana. Thank you. Um, and I, I'm looking down the road, Peter, to when, not if, but when, you won't be part of it anymore. And I'm just <laughs> wondering, and I'm not asking for an answer, but, you know, when Rush Limbaugh died, there was a, uh, there was a major uh, shakeup in the entire market, and it was like, uh, it was really hard to discern the way ahead. And, you know, I, I'm wondering, even in the interim, if there's, you know, before you have to make that faithful decision, is there anything like uh, guest hosts or guest engineer or guest producers uh, that can step in and do things so that, uh, you know, if you're not there, maybe uh, Seiden Schwartz or uh, maybe even the inestimable um, Rob. Uh, Rob Nadelson. Rob Nadelson could, uh, you know, could reprise his role. You know, on a on a, well, on a time by he, time basis, he, he'd have to make a hell of a commute from Denver to Missoula every day. <laughs> well, well, we have this wonderful thing called the internet. This you know, is and, this uh, is true. This and, is true. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I yeah, I, I yeah. sincerely doubt. It, 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 actually, Rob is older than me, so oh, <laughs> I'm not sure how that would work. Well, just standing in, just keeping his hand in from time <laughs> to time for the time being. You know, I, I you might actually enjoy that. Well, what we have anyway, we, just we have the fab- revisit in the, on fu- we have the fabulous Nick Christensen right across from me here. Uh, oh, hold, hold on! What, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm not doing that job. I, can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I would do not want to put words in his mouth. So, but uh, you know, you you both on a serious note, you both 
are, are essential parts of this vital service. And so I just, I, down the road on uh, some other program, if you if we might be able to discuss kind of the way ahead for the program. Well, I, I, uh, not near term, but uh, long term. If, if if I may tell you, uh, just to just be completely transparent, I'm too poor to retire, so I I am I am going to keep working until they boot my butt out of here. So you know, there you go. Yep, but the unexpected things happen. So I, <laughs> and I appreciate that, and I'm grateful for that. I just. I, there's a service that's even greater than the personalities. And, you know, Ru- Rush Limbaugh uh, redefined talk radio. And yeah, on a lesser note, but still very valuably, you guys have redefined talk radio for Missoula. Well, and I well, would hate to see that disappear. I, I wish I was one one hundredth as talented as Rush Limbaugh and as and as uh, as uh, as uh, persuasive as he was. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but listen, yeah. thank well, thank you thank you for the support and the call, Jeff. We appreciate it. Always good hearing from you. Sure. Thanks, thanks, buddy. We're going to come right back. We have uh, Steve and Marilyn uh, both wanting to weigh in for open phones. Whatever might be on your mind. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. We'll be right back. <laughs> We're settling into a fairly stable stretch of weather here in western Montana as high pressure gives us dry weather, but with enough lingering moisture combining with sun to create inversions for the valleys through the rest of the week. Each morning we'll see areas of morning fog lasting into the early afternoon, with mostly cloudy skies the remainder of the day, although we could see a little more sun in the afternoon the second half of the week. Highs in the mid-30s and morning lows in the upper teens. In the Town Square Weather Center, I'm Dennis Bragg. Hey, we're back on Talkback. Thanks for joining us. Uh, right now it's 8.33. Let's get right back to the phones and say good morning to Steve. Good morning, Steve. You're on Talkback, sir. What's up? Hey, guys. <clears throat> Going about the one issue that I think we all who listen to this show can agree on, and that's uh, the property tax problem in Montana for residential homeowners. <clears throat> I have called last week, and I'm calling again to remind everyone, if they haven't done it, to reach out to your state legislative representatives to vote yes on the special session that has been proposed to um, look at a few ways that the legislature can lower the property tax bills for average Montanans, like pretty much all of us except Skip listening on the show today. I'm sure he's going to call in and tell you why it's a bad idea, too expensive for state legislators to get together to try to reduce property taxes for us right before Christmas. But um, nonetheless, you know, Peter, every time you get a Democrat on this show, they point the figure at the Republican legislature, governor, or whomever, for not reducing property taxes, doing something about it in the last legislature. And every time you get a Republican on this show, they point their finger at the Democrats for doing things like, you know, excessive spending at the local levels in Missoula and Bozeman and so forth that are really driving a lot of these increases. So this special session should appeal to both of them to get into a room and figure out solutions for the average Montanan who isn't interested in pointing fingers at either party, is interested in retaining more of their income so they can afford to live here. Whether they're a renter or whether they're a homeowner, these excessive property taxes are really penalizing all of us, and it's incumbent upon our elected representatives to figure out solutions to reduce them, especially when the state is operating at a surplus. You know, the state of Montana is unlike the federal government, which operates at a deficit. We operate at a surplus, meaning they keep more of our tax dollars than they need 
to operate, whether it's at, at the, in, the income taxes we've paid in the last several years or the property taxes we've paid. And it's incumbent on them to return that money to us. And that's one of the big things that the group of legislature, legislators who put forward this idea of the special session have in mind. Some, some legislation that would say, hey, if we take more than we need, we need to give it back to the people who paid it. And so I would, again, Peter, just really encourage folks to encourage their legislators, call them, email them. All their information is online. You preach this all the time about getting involved. Get involved. Let these folks know that they need to be adults and get together and figure out some solutions to save all of us some money so that we can put more gifts under the Christmas tree or give more gifts during Hanukkah or you know, be able to afford groceries throughout the year or whatever medical expenses. I've heard a number of folks call into the show talking about how they're going to have to make tough decisions between medical procedures and paying property taxes. Right. So again, if you're, if you're not an independently rich retiree who spends all their time at Republican events and just totes the public <laughs> Republican line, um, I would encourage you to reach out to your legislator and say, guys, gals, let's be adults. I don't care if you've got an R or a D in front of your name. Let's get in a room. Let's figure out some common sense ways to allow people to retain more of their earnings. I mean, again, I'm Peter, I apologize to go on here, but there's some really great data presented in the Montana Free Press article titled Montana Homeowners See Higher Property Taxes as Some Big Businesses Pay Less. And there's a really great uh, um, chart that shows residential property taxes have gone up on average. The median tax bill change from 2023 compared to 22 has gone up 21%. Meanwhile, industrial has only gone up 6%, which by the way, let me tell you, the industrial real estate market right now nationwide and in Montana in particular is going nuts right now. I mean, you just saw Amazon put in a distribution center, small distribution center on the west side of town. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't, there, there is no industrial space available. It's the hottest sector in real estate right now as we finally begin to onshore some of our activities and distribution for internet activities become so um, pervasive in our economy, yet they're only increasing their taxes 6%. Meanwhile, the residential homeowner in Missoula, whether they vote Democratic or Republican, is getting at least you know a median increase of 21% on their, on their tax bill. If they're a property owner that rents to a family, they're having to pass those increases on to the renters again, really hurting those families that are just trying to survive in the state. And I would really implore people listening to take action, reach out to your, whether they're a Democrat or Republican and say, Hey, get your butts in a room in January in (laughs) Helena and figure out ways to reduce our property taxes so that we can live here. We don't get guaranteed healthcare for life. We don't get the things that, you know, we need to keep ourselves healthy and safe, et cetera. We use our income to do that. We must retain more of it. So I'll let Skip call in now and tell us all how, <laughs> well, how wrong we are. Actually, there's, thanks again. I appreciate the time. There's three or four other folks in, in front of that, but thanks for the call. Let's get one more call in before we take a break. It is Marilyn. Marilyn, thanks for your patience. Go ahead. You're on Talkback. Hi. Um, so, obviously, I'm going to call in to address Dave's call. Um. So the news reports that I've heard about that lady wanting to have an abortion, it talks about, oh, the baby's going to be stillborn. So 
just seems kind of ironic to me and heartbreaking, and it will be heartbreaking for her if she makes the choice to have her baby murdered instead of let the natural thing happen. She's the one that will live with that grief and heartache and possibly even get injured physically during the abortion. It happens. Stillborn is a natural occurrence. And, um, you know, this abortion lobby never ceases to disgustingly amaze me. They are always looking for the exception. They're always trying to push the boundary line. They're always... And I wouldn't doubt it one bit, because it happens all the time. The pro-life movement finds it out that a lot of these cases are phony, made up, so that they can push the exception. And, you know, the majority of the abortions that are done are on healthy babies, healthy women. This is an exception. And Rob Nadelson, our... Our law expert would tell you that, and him and I have talked about this on air before, hard cases make bad law. And, you know, the Roe versus Wade thing was Norma McCorvey. It turned out that was a phony thing. They used her. They use women. They don't care about women. It's the pro-lifers that care about the woman. And I care about the... Maryland? Real suffering, if this is a real thing. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you 20 more seconds and we have to take a break, so go ahead. Okay, well, I would direct people to Life Dynamics website. They've got 40 new one-minute uh, videos. They're cartoon type, so even Dave could understand them. Um, they're wonderful, to just one minute each, and right. their goal is to make 100 right. and to prove that abortion is a wrong thing. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Marilyn. Thanks for the call. We're going to come right back. We have Skip and Elena, uh, both standing by. It's open phones. Whatever might be on your mind, uh, that's what we want to talk about. Uh, we'll be right back after this brief time up. Locally owned since night. Chris Jackamick, I served in the United States Air Force and I've deployed three times. So in 2017, I was serving as an Air Force First Sergeant. Our motto in that role is my job is people, everyone is my business. But unfortunately in that year, I would lose my own brother, Lance Corporal Adam Jackamick, to suicide. The majority of veteran suicides are from guns. I store my weapons securely, not only for myself, but for my family. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. My service never stops. Brought to you by N Family Fire and the Ad Council. Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Okay, we're back. This is Talk Back. It's open phones. We'll be for another oh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, let's get uh, Skip on the line. Been waiting the longest. Skip, good morning. It's your turn, sir. What's up? Thank you, Peter. And uh, Steve is incredibly intuitive. Uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, going to be calling in as soon as I heard his voice. And I, the fact is that I absolutely, except for having a special session, agree with all of the things that Steve was talking about. So I won't have to repeat them as to the real detail of what's happening. However, if you have a special session, I promise you, as soon as they get in there, they're going to take it in a different direction every chance they can than the 
than the issue of taxes. Meanwhile, when the people who are really pushing for this, such as the Freedom Caucus and all of the people who are influenced by them in the legislature, when they when they get something like that, they have alternative alternative motives when they get there. Oh, you so, mean you mean ulter, uh, ulterior motives? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that one. Okay, right. I've been taking that one prescription I had this morning. So <laughs> okay. meanwhile, meanwhile, when I when I hear what they want to do, if they don't get the special session, they're going to use that as a political tool to to chastise uh, the people that they want to that are legislators and say, oh, they 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 uh, worked against the people because they didn't have a special session. When actually, in this interim, there are really consummate uh, legislators that are putting together things that that are good legislation. When they get to the session, uh, there'll be some of the bills that are are very uh, powerful to uh, help the people. Meanwhile, I appreciate all the things that Steve said, because you do need to contact your legislators. And I ask you, please do not donate money to a central committee or the state party. When you talk to your legislators, find out what... They're doing for you right close to home and write a check to them. If they're in a campaign and you like what they're saying, that's who to help out in this session. Thank you, Peter. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, more and more calls coming in. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. Uh, 1-800-568-5309. By the way, you can also use the KGVO app. Uh, and uh, that's so easy to do. Just download it. Onto your phone, hit the message us button, and we'll be more than happy to uh, go ahead and uh, get that up for you uh, on on Talkback. So I believe Elena is uh, is up next. So we'll get Elena on here in just a second. Uh, Elena, whoop, uh, go ahead, Nick. I said Elena's on with you. Oh, Elena, good morning. You're on Talkback. Thanks for holding, ma'am. Please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody. Because I don't forget. Same to you. Um, I do agree with uh, Steve, the caller, about a special session. And especially now we need a session in view of a recent Supreme Court decision. And the decision was Tyler versus Hennepin County. The Supreme Court of the United States decision favors the petitioner and it allows... um, well, how do I put this in concise words? Uh, regarding taking of property for delinquent taxes by local governments, this may open up a big can of worms regarding property taxes and delinquent taxes. This decision may affect 21 states. Montana is one of them. I've always felt that the government taking your property for um, delinquent property taxes violates the takings clause of the Constitution. I mean, if a contractor, you owe a contractor money, there's a procedure he follows. He can't just say, well, I'm taking the whole house, we're selling it, and I'm collecting what he owes me. Nobody's above the law, not even the government. So, yes, we do need a special session because of the mills and what they've done with property taxes. 
but also with this case, it was just decided, again, Tyler versus Hennepin County. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Uh, shall I read this real quick? It says Hennepin County sure, uh, was... Sure, listen off the air. Okay, well, thanks for the call. Hennepin County was a U.S. Supreme Court case about government seizure of property for unpaid taxes when the value of the property seized is greater than the tax debt. A unanimous court held that the surplus value is protected by the Fifth Amendment takings clause. So... If that means anything to you, there you go. All right. So let's uh, let's continue on. Uh, actually, we're up against the breaks. We're going to come right back. We have uh, Dave uh, back with us. We'll be right back with more uh, with Talk Back here in just a moment. Back 721-1290 is our number. And just real quick, uh, Nick and I were discussing uh, the whole thing with the uh, the property tax. Uh, as, as Steve uh, very well put, uh, the, the governor says, hey, the ta- uh, counties are spending too much, uh, and so they need to back that off. The counties are telling the state, you need to tax uh, corporations more so that the tax burden would be more equally shifted. And it would be interesting if we could do both of those things. <laughs> you know, I mean, w- wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. But my, my fear, my biggest fear, is we're going to keep fighting about this so long and so hard, we'll end up doing neither of those things. And we'll all end up in the same boat we were when all this started. That's a pretty safe assumption, so. I would say. <laughs> Someone will have to surprise me between yeah. now and Yeah, all right, let, let's, so let, let's get right back to the phones. Uh, Dave is back. Dave, good morning. Go ahead, please. Yes, about the taxes, I kind of agree with you, but we do need mm. a reserve fund. Uh, and We for- have reserve funds, Dave. That The one thing right. that, that Governor, Governor Gianforte yes. told me about all this, and he so said the same thing to you while he was on the air with us, was he taking all those and basically filling all the funds, the fire fund, the rainy day fund, the emergency funds, all those funds are full to overflowing. They're full now. So whatever is left over that should come back to us. That's good then. Because, yeah, we never know two years out how many fires we're going to have in the state. So right. so hopefully that fire fund is in very good shape. It is. But as far, but as, far as the woman from Texas, she was on the TV. She said personally that the doctors told her that if she carried that baby to full term, it endangered her ability to have babies into the future. And that is why she wanted the abortion. And and the abortion will protect her from uh, the ability so she can have babies in the future. It doesn't do much for the baby, she, though. That, the baby, according to the doctors, and I'm not a doctor, but okay. there right. appears to be a lot of people who claim the doctors say that that baby will live, if, will baby most likely be born, stillborn, but uh, won't live but hours after being born. So, I mean, there is that possibility, but that 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 is out there. And she is going by her doctor's her doctor's statements and the doctors generally know more than the politicians and uh, i object to the politicians deciding things that doctors are trained to decide well then it, then 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 people need to vote them out and vote people in that they agree with i mean that's that's a pretty simple deal yes that is true and and it sounds like it's going to happen uh, as a uh, uh, Abortion laws are are being threatened by people who who uh, see that the politicians have gone too far. Right. The Republicans have caught the, caught the 
They've caught the tire. They caught the car. Now they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> okay. All right, Dave. Thanks for the call. Uh, who's, who, who's up next there, Mr. Dave? Steve. Steve, good morning. You're on Talkback. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Peter and Nick. Uh, quick comment on the city fire department, uh, city police department being moved from city council to a referendum. The city council for years has found a way to fund the nice things and the wanted things. And for a number of years, they have failed to upgrade the funding for city police and fire. And this is really their job to take care of basic infrastructure needs. And I think it's disingenuous of them to punt this to a referendum instead of dealing with it, because that is their job to take care of services as basic as police and fire. So kind of a hit or a What's the thing, the Missoulian huckleberries and dog poop or whatever they do? This is kind of a thumbs down. Thumbs down in the city council for not uh, finding the funds to uh, do the necessary things to protect this community. All right, Steve. Thanks for the call. We have exactly two minutes left in, in our time. So uh, should we get Marilyn on one more time? Marilyn, you, you have exactly two minutes. Go. All right. So I was calling in about taxes, but I'm going to have a little thing to say about the abortion thing, too, real quick. Um, The taxes thing. So Skip is part of the Rhino Caucus down in Hamilton, and the Democrats have already said together they don't want this special session. It's because they want all the tax money they can possibly get to spend how they want to spend it. And they're the ones that voted it down in the legislature. It wasn't Gene Forte and the conservative constitutional Republicans on the abortion issue. Um, the woman wants to have more babies later. Well, her insides could be totally wrecked by this abortion. It happens. She could become sterile and not ever be able to have abortion. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, or that. Have another, uh, another baby. Again, it happens. It's, it happens. So that's a specious argument, and it just really is sad how determined Dave and some others are so determined that these babies be murdered before they can ever see the light of day. And with all this stuff that we have, to life-saving equipment for babies when they're born with serious complications, you know, give the baby a chance and let God. You know, it's too bad these people don't believe in God, our creator of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, that's it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for the call. We have exactly one minute left. Should we try to get Skip on for a minute? Skip, you have uh, less than a minute. Go. No problem. And thank you, sir. First, I wanted to tell uh, people that people that use that, uh, what I call the rhino word, is what I think I just heard. If you look hard at it, those are really the rhinos themselves, accusing their opponents of exactly what they are, right out of Sorolinsky's handbook for radicals. In addition, the person, uh, Steve, I'd love to have him get involved in politics up there in Missoula County if he's there. They need good candidate people that that really their heart is in it, and I can tell he is. And uh, they got gerrymandered uh, badly in, in Missoula. I think that's the right word because... Hey. It's going to be tough Skip, for a Republican to win. Skip, we're, we're, we are out of time. Thank you. We're, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're out of time. Uh, coming up, uh, we have folks from, uh, from uh, we have Dina Mansour, Executive Director of the Mansfield Center, along with Gwen Jones uh, joining us, talking about some very interesting things about Missoula. So, This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO.
Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is the hour number two for the Tuesday, December 12th edition of Talk Back, brought to you this morning by Y West Storage. Everybody needs storage. And they've opened up a new facility out at the Y at Y West Storage on uh, 799 Two Smokes Way. Uh, give them a call for pricing and availability. They're making room for you. The number 406-510-0590. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. Both residential and commercial cleaning and no job too big or small. Your satisfaction is always 100% guaranteed. Here's the number. Uh, give them a call for the Christmas cleaning at 406-260-6617. And by our newest sponsor, Gomer's Diesel. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, once a month now, we are privileged to have with us folks from the Mansfield Center. Of course, Dina Monsoor, the executive director, here with us once again. Hello. Hey, it's our to be part of this, Peter. It's Thank our, you. It's our pleasure to have you. And also joining us this morning is uh, is a friend of, of TalkBack, Gwen Jones, uh, city councilor. You've been on many, many times, and it's good to see you again. Good morning. It's great to see both of you here. Okay, so what is bringing you two together? Obviously, uh, it's got to be something to do with the Mansfield Center and the city of Missoula. So, Dina, tell us what's going on. Well, you know, I often come on here and talk about what the mandate is of the Mansfield Center, that we are here because it is Montana's Mike Mansfield that we are here to support. We were founded 40 years ago by an act of Congress to support ethics and public affairs and international engagement. But clearly, a lot of your listeners really care about um, the ethics and public affairs piece. And so when we look at how we put that into action, we do classes, we do research, we do dialogues. But putting that into action is looking at what our local government is doing to support policy with the um, the ethic of integrity of ethics. Um, and so when I think of that, I think of Gwen Jones, the president of our city council, and, and wanted her to come in and, and introduce herself and talk a bit about how they put Mansfield values into action. Gwen, welcome. Good, good to have you. Thank you. And that is so flattering. Thank you, Dina. Um, but we it's, can all go home now. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy at its best. You bet. No, I, I think the Mansfield Center is doing amazing things these days. They're becoming far more high profile and the Mansfield dialogues are getting just amazing folks coming in, giving great talks. And the theme for the last few years has really been democracy. How do we preserve our democracy? How do we strengthen it? How do we make sure that we continue to communicate with each other and work through tough issues instead of just becoming more polarized? So it's a really timely thing. And honestly, it applies on the local level. I was just going to say, uh, uh, when you talk about Mike Mansfield, I'll please just think about a, uh, a nationwide effort. And of course, he was ambassador to, to, to uh, Japan and so uh, and helped develop the, the China uh, relationship. So worldwide issues, but bringing it down uh, right into the in, in, into the way we behave locally, that is that 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 can be a that can be a big a big ask sometimes. Well, but it is the most critical ask, right, right. To, to support this right here at home. And when you look at Mike Mansfield when he died in two thousand one, he was considered by. Um, many people across the country as our nation's greatest statesman. But we often bring it back to the fact that this was a Montana kid, right? This is someone who grew up in Great Falls. He was a juvenile delinquent, ran away from home a number of times. Um, but he was Montana's Mike Mansfield. And when he was in Washington, D.C., he was always looking out for the people of Montana. And so many people have their own Mike Mansfield stories of how he connected personally with them. And, and that's part of the reason that we work so closely with Gwen. I mean, this is someone who grew up in Montana. 
Montana and has her own, you know, parallel story to um, how she grew up as committed to the people of Montana. I don't think she was a juvenile delinquent, though. Um, <laughs> oh, let's just not go there. It's all good. Okay. Ancient go history. Ahead. I'm sorry, please. No, I was just going to turn it over to Gwen to talk about, you know, her Montana roots and how that parallels the mm-hmm. Mansfield story. Sure, happy to. Um, so I had a great-great-grandmother who raised five kids um, cleaning clothes on a washboard in Great Falls. I had a great-grandfather who drove a stagecoach and then was a train engineer. My grandfather was taught high school in Whitefish and then was a superintendent of schools in Libby. And then on my father's side, he grew up on a ranch in Mile City. He hated it. Very hard work. He had terrible allergies and he'd come in off the combine in the summertime just blowing blood out of his nose. So he came out to Missoula to the Western Montana section and went to law school. Um, so I know compared to folks who have had millennia of generations here in Montana, that's a blip on the screen, but I am proud of it and love my Montana roots. And I think, I think, you know, I look at my dad's experience growing up on a ranch, I really think we have a rural culture in Montana, which is what I love about it, which is you help out your neighbor if they ask. You don't tell them you'll get back to them when it's a better time for you. You're I, there for them. I'm really interested to to delve into uh we've had a we've had quite a bit of talk about about Senator Mansfield and and all that he did, all that he learned as a, quite literally a self-made man yeah. and who uh, transformed uh American government. And, uh, and how that filters into what's going on in Missoula, Montana, because we have, uh, a, a representative government in Missoula through the city council, through the wards, the six wards and the 12 city councilors and the mayor and all, all that go- that goes into. And you folks have to find a way to meld all those different personalities into making cogent decisions for the benefit of Missoula. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of tools that we use. First of all, there's a lot of structure, procedure. And that helps uh, keep the wheels on at times. And then we try, I think it's important, building relationships with folks and building community. Um, but nonetheless, acknowledging you have 12 random people thrown together who are then tasked with solving hard problems. So there can be different personalities. There can be friction. But what I always come back to is if we can drill down into the underlying issues, what are we trying to accomplish and then get some good solid information in from staff that starts to frame the issue so that we can figure out the best way forward. And it may not please everybody, but it's a thoughtful process. We're going to come right back. We're up against a break. 721-1290 is our number. Our guests here in the studio, Dina Mansour, Executive Director of the Mansfield Center, Gwen Jones, President of the Missoula City Council. And we're talking about how uh, how city government puts the Mansfield uh, philosophies into uh, on-the-ground action. So if you have a question or comment, give us a call. These these folks are here to answer your questions, and we'd love to hear from you. 721-1290. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. We're settling into a fairly stable stretch of weather here in western Montana as high pressure gives us dry weather, but with enough lingering moisture combining with sun to create inversions for the valleys through the rest of the week. Each morning we'll see areas of morning fog lasting into the early afternoon, with mostly cloudy skies the remainder of the day, although we could see a little more sun in the afternoon the second half of the week. Highs in the mid-30s and morning lows in the upper teens. In the Town Square Weather Center, I'm Dennis Bragg. 
Okay, welcome back. Uh, we are. This is our our uh, Mansfield Center uh, program for the month, and Dina Mansour, Executive Director, is here with us today, along with Gwen Jones from the Missoula City Council. Uh, during the break, kind of kicking things around a little bit about which direction we want to go here. So, uh, but the the whole idea uh, of, of this program is talking about Mike Mansfield and what he represented and what he did, and how uh, the Missoula City Council and and perhaps even the Missoula County uh, Commission. Uh, form of government is helping to to put those uh, ethics forward. Well, and that is our aspiration for local government, that we have a democracy that engages the people and, you know, their preferences and their interests and how they want their um, society governed. And when Gwen is talking about bringing people together on the council, that is exactly what Mike Mansfield tried to do. And this is the lesson that we want to share with the country right now. Um, when you look at Mike Mansfield's leadership as our longest serving Senate majority leader, he was known for bridging divides. He was known for treating all of his colleagues with respect, regardless of ideology or party affiliation. He was known for having breakfast every morning with a Republican counterpart. And when he was working on hard issues uh, with the minority leader, Dirksen, he would often go to Dirksen's office. He would give Dirksen the credit. Dirksen would lead the press conferences. And that was all in the best interest of that con- of the country to have this collaboration across ideological divides, which I think is something that Gwen and the council have done fairly well in terms of developing broad consensus to address critical issues for our community. I must say that, Gwen, uh, just recently with, with the tie vote and, and the Ward 6, uh, w- what happened there, that, that was really an interesting exercise in, in local government. And uh, so I, I would love to have your perspective about how you saw that going down. But obviously, you were right in the middle of it, but you were still kind of observing it. So, sure. Yeah. No, it, it, it was fascinating. And first of all, who in their wildest dreams would ever think there'd be a tie vote and then like thousands of votes i know i told sandy vasika she should take a bunch of money and go to las vegas right now <laughs> she's got excellent excellent juju going on um but it, it was this amazing oppor- well i looked at it as an opportunity i guess that's the word i would use because first of all t- council is tasked with resolving this situation and appointing someone. And we looked at various ways of doing it. Um, ultimately, we were going to do a vote on the whole thing. And honestly, in the, because I've sat through numerous Mansfield dialogues and it's a constant theme these days in our polarized democracy, I thought to myself, well, what would Mike Mansfield do? This was literally in my head. And I'm like, you know, he would look at the big picture, which is, yes, we live in a progressive community. But it's not 100% progressive. It's about a 60-40 split. Mm-hmm. And we have a strong progressive council. Um, Sandy Vasika has been a good colleague. She is respectful of the process. She shows up. She does her homework. She works hard. She is respectful of other counselors. I don't agree with her on a lot. <clears throat> but um, she's good to work with. And I thought, well, this, to me personally, this was an opportunity to continue to have more diversity of opinion on council. Um, and to continue working with her as a colleague. And it, it was, to me, it was the right thing to do to acknowledge that we have a, a, you know, a significant conservative population in Missoula and they need to continue having that voice on council even if it's a majority progressive, that well, that has value. I, I, and I will say that that the conservatives in Missoula do depend on the few the few folks uh, who who share that on the city council to be able to at least have some sort of a sounding board mm-hmm. to say, okay, here's what I think we should do. Can you present that to the council in a way that it, it would make more sense than just the layman? 
Yeah, and I would say also if if we don't have that voice on council, after a while we're we're working in a vacuum and we're we're just increasing that polarization in our community and in our world. So it's important to have that back and forth. Um, Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, and I will just say that you know I think that shines a light a bit on the trouble that we're having in our political discourse today is that Gwen and another colleague are Ward three representatives, and regardless of Gwen's background, I think people. Um, unanimously agree that she hears all voices, that she is not just there to represent the people who un- endorse her, right? That, and that's what Mike Mansfield did, that everybody knew that even though Mike Mansfield was a Democrat, anybody could go to him and ensure that their issues were placed top and center. And I think that's how we need to look at our council as well, that yes, it's great to have representatives of different voices on the council, recognizing that everybody in the ward should look at their ward representatives as their person on the council. So how do we get away from that polarized, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, and recognize we are all working for the best interest of our community? Well, I I think it's also interesting. If you have a specific problem, say there's a drain backed up or there's something going on in your ward that needs to be addressed, you really don't care what uh, wh- whether your city councilor is progressive or or conservative. You 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 want someone who's going to respond to your needs and respond to try to do whatever's in their power to get that fixed. Absolutely, absolutely, and. People are hesitant to call the mayor, but they are happy to call their city councilors. We're a little bit more accessible. It's yeah. a little bit of a step down, but it's, it's, yes, yes, we set policy. We also are a big communicator and a conduit for folks in town to, to handle the, the, the sump that needs to be cleaned out. Right. Exactly. And I'll just point out that in an era where elections are so close, Gwen won her election by a 58% uh, vote. So obviously she's doing she's something, doing right? She's doing okay. Yeah, she's, she's doing, doing okay. Right. <laughs> she's representing people uh, regardless of their background or interests. I think the other thing I'd love to talk about on this show is we have – the concerns about election integrity. We talk about this a lot, and we know that there was a recount in Ward 6 for that race. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the details, because initially I thought they just counted those once. They should count them again and again, but don't they count them maybe five times in a recount? So I can I, okay, I can well, tell you what, to this. Tell you what, okay. we're, we're up against a break. So okay. let, let, let's get the break out of the way, and then we'll have plenty of time to flesh this out and talk okay. about it. Because a lot of people are still fascinated by this whole process. It's never happened in as long as I've been covering uh, the Missoula City Council, which is like a really long time. Yeah. Anyway, 721-1290 is our number. We'd love to have some phone calls from you folks if you, if you would like to weigh in on what we're talking about today. Dina Mansour joining us here this morning. She's executive director of the Mansfield Center. Gwen Jones, uh, city councilor and president of the Missoula City Council. We're going to come right back after this. Mark your calendars. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh. Hold on, just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Okay, we're back on TalkBack. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. Joining us in the studio, we're privileged to have Dina Monsoor, Executive Director of the Mansfield Center. Also, Gwen Jones, uh, President of the Missoula City Council. Before we get back to calls, we're right in the middle of a, of a great conversation about the most recent election and the tie vote and all that went on there. Gwen, please go ahead. Sure. Um, so the original vote count on November 7th for Ward 6 was, I think Sean McCoy was ahead by five votes. And that was within the margin 
to trigger an automatic recount if requested by the other by the other candidate. So they did a recount, and um, my understanding, I talked to one of the county commissioners the day after the recount. The re, with the November seventh count, the machine they run all of the ballots through the machine. With a recount, you have literally a group of people looking at five ballots at a time, all coming to an agreement on what those ballots say, and then they move on to the next batch of five. And then the candidates are looking over their shoulders too. So it is a far more intensive practice. And I said, well, why were there five votes for Sandy that weren't there before? What's that all about? And my understanding was on those ballots, and and there could be some more details here, but in general, the mayor had been clearly marked. But then for the little oval for city council, there was a very slight mark for Sandy Vasica. So I don't know if somebody was eating breakfast and the phone rang. They didn't finish. I don't know what happened. Might be a piece of cereal. <laughs> That's right. The machine didn't catch that. But when you had five people looking at it, they came to agreement that, yes, there was an intent to vote for Sandy Vasica. So that's why she got those additional five votes. Wow. So the moral of the story is, first, everybody should vote. Second, Please fill in the ovals carefully when you're voting. <laughs> so that's that's so I think it's an example of the process working and that I think is a that's why the ballot count on the machine versus in person that was the the difference there. And, and I, just I, go ahead. And just a, a hop on what Gwen said about please vote. I mean that's what we are trying to do at the Mansfield Center is remind people you are part of this process that you can make a difference. I think there were over a hundred votes um, that were either write-ins or they didn't vote mm. for their ward member. Those people, any one of those people, could have made a difference. Well, uh, and and if I remember correctly, uh, Nick, what, what was the voter turnout? For the municipal, it wasn't like nineteen percent, something, something like that. Like that yeah. yeah, it it, it was yeah. less than twenty percent. And to me, I'm just going, I'm banging my head against the consoles. That, that this is this is your city. This is how you're going to be run. This is yeah. how you're going to be taxed and 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 policed and and fire protection. All those things are important. And and you don't even have to go to the polling place. Right. It comes right to your door. Right. You just take and put, sit down in your jammies. We just op- open that up. And you only had two things to to cross out. Yeah, and that's last one. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 that's my hobby horse right there. Mm-hmm. All right, so let let's get Susan on the line. Susan, good morning. You're on Talkback with Adina and Gwen. Go ahead, please. Well, good morning. First of all, I want to compliment the city council for actually voting for Sandra Basiga. It was seven to five, but I was. Actually, I fell out of my chair when I saw what the result was. Um, I was not expecting that, so I was pleasantly surprised. Um, Secondly, I want to ask the question um, to the city council about the process of deciding what to fund in the regular budget and what not to fund. And I am specifically thinking of basics like road repair and fire and police, which, in my opinion, are basics as compared to parks and what I consider to be fluff. Um, And I I would like to have a philosophical discussion between maybe the two of you as to what you think is the purpose of government. Is it to protect um, and maintain basic services or is it to 
fund things that are above and beyond basic services. All right, and I'll, good, I'll get off. Good question, Susan. Gwen, please go ahead. Okay, I only have a few minutes to answer a very, very big question, but I'll do my best. So... I think as a baseline... You can take as much time as you like. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Well, and it, I think a lot of it goes to property taxes, which we've come on before and talked about that. But um, to me, as a baseline, yeah, we have basic essential services, and I think public safety is always the highest priority. And so we do our best to fund police and fire. Um but we also have other things that we have to fund. We have to fund the municipal court. Um, we have to pay the mayor. Otherwise, no one's going to do the job. We have we have to have a full HR department. We have we do have parks, and Missoulians do highly value their parks. And uh, thanks, Susan, we do, as you mentioned, roads are also just a baseline. Roads and infrastructure, and that's a crucial component. Um, as I've talked about, so I think all of that, yes, we need to fund it all. The problem is... Our taxes are going up, but we are providing less services. We haven't hired a new fireman since, I think, 2008. Um, we are providing less service, and I think that goes to the fact that... the services that, we have now are, are costing more. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. lots of things that are converging right now, and it's structurally we are providing less and having to bring in more revenue from residential property taxes which is super difficult and i think we're in the red zone with taxes it's really really challenging it's tough but it does go to the fact that it's a structural issue and until structurally we have a better way of funding our local government um we're we're on this trajectory that is not comfortable and trust me i i hate our budget session every summer it's it's gotten more and more stressful it's very very hard but we can't just pull back from funding these basic services either. And I know people talk about fluff, but honestly, it's a extremely small. I would say the things that folks disagree on, it's a very, very small part of the budget that's not really going to translate to lowering property taxes. It's police, fire, roads. That's close to 65, 70% of our budget right there. And that's much less all of the municipal court, HR, everything else that we have to do. Okay, with that, go ahead, please. And Susan, it's great to have you call in. I think we met recently and um, I really appreciated your support for our board chair, Mark Roscoe, and uh, your engagement on Mansfield events. So you, you talked about the debate on the role of government. And I would just say that, you know, it all goes down to what we honor in terms of a democracy, that the people vote for their representatives, uh, like Sandy Vasica, like Gwen Jones, and the people therefore demonstrate what their priorities are in their community. So I think that's the role of government is to honor the voice of the people, um, recognizing that we rec- we rely on people to be informed. We want um, empowered citizens at the University of Montana. That is our objective, is to graduate, engage citizens in our democracy. So as Peter said, we need to see more people come out and vote. We need to see people share their voice for what their priorities are in their community. And uh, just a, just, there are just a few self-learning things uh, The people that live in Missoula Find out what ward you live in. Uh, if I, maybe, maybe just write down the names of your city councilors next to the phone if you have a question or uh, they want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so th- these are little tiny things that will really help make you a better citizen. And that's really what we're talking about here today is citizenship, right? And uh, mm-hmm. because uh, Mike Mansfield was all about that. So we're, we're going to come right back. Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. Jeff and Sue are both standing by to visit with you ladies. We're going to come right back after this quick timeout. Real estate.
Okay, we're back on Talkback. 721-1290 is our number. Time to take some phone calls. Let's jump in here and uh, say good morning to Jeff. Jeff, good morning. You're, you're on with Dina Mansour and Gwen Jones. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning. Uh, it was really interesting, fascinating to watch the uh, Missoula version of hanging chads <laughs> the election. Um, and and I'm, I'm not sure that many in the audience remember that. I'm not sure how many in the audience remember that. I know. Um, that was a, a, my wife, a term of art for a long time. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes, it was. And um, our board chair, uh, Mark Roscoe, was right there with it. Yeah. Yes, he was. Uh, my wife criticizes me for a lot of things, and one of them is the fact that I like to use words in certain contexts. And one of those words is but. In my life, I've experienced that whenever somebody says but, you can disregard everything they've said up to that point because they're going to tell you it's important. Um, so um, I am uh, completely opposite uh, on the political spectrum. I'm a conservative, uh, and I, for, for one point, for one thing, I didn't like the way that the Liz Cheney uh, interview with Mark Roscoe uh, acting as the uh, as the host uh, went because I thought it was all one sided. I thought it needed more, and the fact that she wouldn't come if she didn't get it just her way, um, I think was maybe a wrongly decided thing. But I want to take my hat, hat However, hats off to you, Gwen, and all and all your uh, fellow uh, progressives on the city council who did look at, and act in the way Mike Mansfield would and uh, and said, you know, it's valuable to have her. Um, this is so close. Let's just let's just do the right thing. And I just want to say that there's one conservative out here who really appreciates that. Well, thanks. I I appreciate you calling in. Um, I do want to say I, I should have mentioned this earlier. Sean McCoy, the other candidate, is a good person who also ran hard. So this was not a personality contest, really. It was for me. It was more of a philosophical approach and being able to be in the position of taking a step back, looking at the big picture and seeing that this was an opportunity to message to our community that, you know what, we're all in this together and we all got to be at the table if we're going to work through things. And I will tell you that I did have a chance to interview Mr. McCoy uh, the, the day following the vote and he was disappointed, but he was also energized. He said, he said, you know what, this whole process has really got me going and, uh, he, he, and his words to me, you haven't heard the last of Sean McCoy. <laughs> so uh, they're, they're in two years, uh, she's going to be running, uh, Sandy's going to be running for re-election so he's probably going to challenge that and, and whatever else. I mean, and, and that is really, once people get a taste of, of what it's like to be in the process and in the battle, if you will, uh, and then they and then they either defeat it or draw back, they can't wait to get back at it. And we have so much respect for people who are actually willing to put themselves out there and be willing to serve um, their country, their community in this way. What One thing the Mansfield Center has started to do is be part of candidate training sessions. We're not there to support Democrats or Republicans, but we are there to talk about integrity and public affairs and how you honor people of all backgrounds, all interests, and how you represent your community in a way that honors the Mansfield way. How does a person get involved in that? What do they have to do? 
Well, we are aligning actually with uh, community uh, candidate forms. So, for example, we've been doing more work in Billings at the Mansfield Center. Even though we're based at the University of Montana, we support the entire state of the nation. We recently had a Mansfield dialogue with Mark Roscoe and uh, a biographer, Mike Johnson, who wrote a book on Mansfield and Dirksen. We had over 200 people in the room in Billings. Uh, we're working with the Chamber of Commerce, Stock Growers Associations, Education Associations that we're truly trying to bring all people to the table. So it's actually something that Billings Chamber of Commerce is organizing and they've asked us to come in and talk about the Mansfield way. I don't want to forget to go back to a comment that Brad made. I don't, or I'm sorry, Jeff made. I don't want to assume uh, that I know what he said about Liz Cheney coming and having her way, but I will say that uh, Liz Cheney came as a gift to this community that she usually charges for her events. She did not charge us because of her relationship with Mark Roscoe, going back to those hanging Chad days and the Bush v. Gore election. Um, and she put remarkably few uh, requests into that. You know, some people say, well, in the green room, they can only have green M&Ms. <laughs> she made no requests for her green room. She said water is great. Um, we were actually going to have to charge people a dollar per ticket through Grizz Ticks. And she said, I don't want you to charge anything. So we, she said, well, I'll even give you that money, um, but please don't charge even a dollar. And we said, okay, we'll take that out of our scarce Mansfield funds. Um, if you're talking about the fact that it wasn't on Zoom, it, it, it actually had something to do with the fact that she did do this for us for free and that I think might have been the only free event that she did that year is is that conversation available anywhere to for people to watch now it is not. It's um, not. Okay. And so I, I don't know if that's what Jeff was referring to. Mm-hmm. We do not record all of our events, uh, though we did have one recently where we had 400 via Zoom, and then that is available later. Um, but I will say that this was an incredibly gracious woman who put no conditions or requirements on other than those that supported our community. Excellent. All right. Tell you what, we're, we're uh, like a minute away from a break, but I want to give Sue plenty of time to ask her questions. So we're going to come right back after this brief timeout. We have both Sue and Tim waiting to visit with you. Uh, Dina Mansour, Executive Director of the Mansfield Center. Of course, Gwen Jones, President of the Missoula City Council, joining us right here in the studio this morning. And several other phone lines open, by the way. We're going to come right back after this. Unused prescription opioid pain medicines can spell trouble. They can spell risk if taken by someone they weren't prescribed for, harm if accidentally taken by a child or pet, or overdose if they're not used as directed. Safely dispose of opioids before they can hurt your family. Find a drug take-back option such as medicine drop boxes. You may find these in your community at local pharmacies or police stations. Visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad to have you along on this special edition of Talk Back. I'm Peter Christian. Your questions and taking your phone calls over there. Joining us here in the studio, Dina Monsoor, Executive Director of the Mansfield Center on the University of Montana campus. Gwen Jones, President of the Missoula City Council here as well. And Sue has been waiting very patiently. Sue, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Peter. Yeah, I just want to, I don't know what it is about Ward 6, but that's where I live. <laughs> and I have... So it's your fault. (laughs) It's my fault. Go ahead, Sue. Sorry. I've been to two of these vote counting things because the last time Sandy ran, there was a 12 vote discrepancy. And so I went down for the recount for this last election where there was five votes. Um, It's crazy. It's, It's one of the things I wanted to say was that it's really important for candidates to knock on doors. 
if candidates would knock on doors and meet their constituents, then we probably wouldn't have these close elections in Ward 6. And I've talked with Sandy and with Sean about this because, you know, I they're great people, but they didn't get out there really and knock on a lot of doors. And I've talked with Sean about this specifically because um, he, he, you know, he asked for my support. And I also wanted to point out that there were about 140 under votes in this ward, and I didn't know what a what an under vote was until I went to the recount. And Bradley pointed out that a lot of people only voted for the mayor, and a lot of people didn't vote their ballot at all. They just wanted their their ballot to count as you know voting in every election. And I don't know why anybody would do that, but um, it's really important to fill out that whole ballot and maybe you have a protest and you don't want to vote for the for the city council people. But if 140 people had filled out their ballot completely, we might have had a different result. And so I just wanted to point that out because I, I learned something new at this at this recount. And I also wanted to thank Dina for all her work that she does with the Mansfield Center and that uh, the Liz Cheney event was uh, was just a wonderful event. And I really appreciated those those great seats. So thanks a lot. All right, Sue, thanks for the call. Great. Well, thank you, you Sue. I always appreciate hearing good things about the Mansfield Center. But Gwen, why don't you talk about your experience running and uh, knocking doors and engaging with people? Sure. So this last time I knocked about 2,700 doors, which it's not the entire ward, but it's a huge chunk of it. And I have always followed the philosophy of Ron Erickson, who was a prior legislator. And he said, you know, I knock on... He was in this studio. Oh, I love Ron. Um, So it's... He would knock... I don't know that he would get 100% of the doors, but he wouldn't knock doors selectively. If there's a street, he'd knock the doors. He said, because I represent everyone. And that's what I have done also. And, you know, it, it means you're not always talking to the choir. You're talking to other folks, but it's right. valuable. And I think people respect that. Especially when you take your notebook along and uh, and take notes, right? Because right. Uh, I, I forget things six seconds after I but but if I write them down they're there and I wanted to ask you too before we get to the next call real quick um what is it like for a, a woman to go knocking on doors in, in a community do you, do you have someone with you I'm just concerned about safety things like that uh I'm just wondering how that how, what that dynamic is for you I'll be honest that's never crossed my mind the safety really? factor nope okay. I just go out um I, I will tell you other people are not terribly excited to go knock on doors it's not <laughs> what they want to do with their Saturday afternoon sure um, so I usually just go by myself and it's always hard to knock on that first door you're kind of crossing this boundary of right. someone's private home I'm actually doing this yeah. yeah but then you know what after you knock on the first door it's fine and I have great conversations with people and I I think I had two people yell at me this last time. There's always a couple. It's all right. You just have to, <laughs> it's part of the process. But, but what I always come away with is we have so many wonderful, nice people living in Missoula who frankly are kind of towards the center right. politically. Um, and they're just more quiet than what you get on either side of the fringe. So it actually is a very, 
mentally refreshing thing to go do. Talk to all these folks, get input, and um, come back energized to serve. I didn't mean to be demeaning in, in any way. I'm just concerned <laughs> no. about, about about safety. You know, I mean, uh, because yeah. uh, th- th- there are people that come to my door, and usually four or five of them. I was like, hi, you all want to come in and have coffee or what? <laughs> yeah, no, I've never had a safety issue, but it's... Right. it's um, That's good. I don't know. I You just handle it and... Head out there and knock on doors. Excellent. All right, let's get right back to the phones. And uh, Tim is on the line. Tim, good morning. You're on with Dina Mansour and Gwen Jones. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Peter. I've got a question for uh, both you and and Gwen Jones. Earlier you were talking about uh, your dismay and the low voter turnout in Missoula City and County. Yes, sir. And if you remember... We went to the polls on this emergency shelter funding, and the voters shot it down. And I'd like to know where the city council and the county commissioners get the idea in their head that they can go against the constitutional right of the voters. Those voters, they represent those voters, and they should do the will of the voters. But yet they went ahead and pushed their own agenda on the people against the voters. And, you know, I know that uh, I've heard, well, the Ninth Circuit judge uh, decision, everything, that's open to personal interpretation. I've read the bill. I know all about uh, the Boise uh, decision and everything. And that's all open to personal interpretation. So I want to know where these people get the idea that they can run a socialist government over the citizens of Missoula. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. So, Gwen, please. Sure. Happy to address that. And thanks for the question. Um, so, with the crisis levy that was on the ballot last fall, that was it, quite an extensive levy, wasn't it? Um, it yeah. It, it and had it was quite a few things in it. It was broad. Right. It was not just uh, Johnson Street Shelter, I'll say. It was actually numerous different things. Um, but it actually passed within the city. It was the county votes that ultimately um, weighed it so that it did not pass. So so one could look at that as saying, well, within the city and being on city council, we actually did have a mandate. Um, but you know what I come back to is I just knocked 2,700 doors. I talked to hundreds of people. And the main message I got from folks regarding these issues of um, homeless and, and how we need to approach that was – they want the Johnson Street shelter open. This is not a community uh, that wants to see people freezing out on the street in the wintertime. They want the Johnson Street shelter open, but they also want to be able to go down to the river and not have situations down at the river where there's needles and um, feces. Or and, on their favorite trails. Right, right. It's it's kind of a how do we balance it in our community so that um, we can all use the resources that are here um, and we can take care of those who are not housed and make it work for everybody. It was really, it was, and like I said, I talked to a lot of folks, so I, I feel pretty centered on this, um, that it's a very caring community, but also wanting to be able to use our parks, use our river, and and um, do the best we can to balance it. Okay, we're going to come right back. We're up against a break. This is a 60-second timeout. We have all of our phone lines open. Uh, if you have a question or comment, we'd love to have you get in the conversation. That's why they're here to talk to you folks. Uh, Dina Monsoor, Executive Director of the Mansfield Center. Also, Gwen Jones, President of the Missoula City Council. And basically, we're talking about uh, how city government is putting Mansfield's uh, philosophies 
on feet on the ground here in Missoula. So we're going to come right back. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. Back in one minute. Today on Hey Culligan. Microphone's on. There we go. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's Broadcasting 101. Anyway, uh, here we are back once again here on uh, KGVO. And uh, our guests here in studio, Dina Mansour and Gwen Jones. And should we take another phone call real quick? Uh, let's get uh, Harry on. Harry, good morning. Please go ahead. Yeah good, yeah, good morning. This is just a real quick comment on the, the former caller. I mean, they keep beating that dead horse about that uh, bond. Say, or, you know, and he doesn't understand that. What the people voted down was the bond. They didn't say, well, do you want to have this uh, thing? No, they just people said, we don't want to have, have a bond to do it. So if they figured out a, a different way to uh, pay for it, more power to them. That wasn't part of the uh, uh, election or the uh, uh, bill. It was whether you want to have a bond for that. So, I mean, I wish he would just get off that. I mean, he keeps beating that dead horse and just, uh, just uh, you know... That's it. wasn't uh, whether they wanted it or not. It's whether they wanted a bond for it. Period. All right. Uh, thank you for uh, the uh, everything else to the two, the la- two ladies that uh, what they do. I appreciate everything they do. Thank well, you, Harry. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you, ladies. Go ahead. Any response? Thanks, Harry. Appreciate you weighing in. And yeah, and yeah it's uh, for me. It always goes back to tax reform, which Peter and I talk about that all the time. <laughs> and we could solve a lot of things with some tax reform that would make it easier on folks to pay their property taxes and provide the resources we need in our community. Well, if there's any way we could start in Washington, D.C. and work our way down, that'd be great (laughs) since we're like $4,000 trillion in debt. But anyway, uh, one one of the things that you brought up during the break, Gwen, was uh, the difference between you know, you're out, you're campaigning, there's a profile, you've got pictures on on uh, on uh, billboards and that sort of thing, vote for me, vote for me. But once that race is won, and you to- you spoke about Sandy Sandy Vasica, uh, once, once she won that vote, she burrowed down and got to work, right? And so that's exactly what it's all about. Yeah, well, I think the themes of today, talking about the Mansfield Center, Mike Mansfield's philosophy of how he approached governing with integrity and relationship building and respect, that all translates to good government on any level. And um, my experience has been, yes, we all have value systems that we bring to the table. But as you said, once someone is elected and you are then governing, it is a position of responsibility. And you have a responsibility to communicate clearly and honestly with your constituents and with others. Um, you have a responsibility to listen to all sides and to do your research and then to do the best job you can. And to me, it's, I mean, I'm an attorney. So if I'm representing someone in court, you're given your best pitch. But you know what? If you're the judge sitting there, you're trying to find the best way forward uh, based on the facts. And so I think there's some similarities to being an elected. Once you're elected, you need to have a broader frame of reference on everything and really try to bring some wisdom to it. And that's that's good governance. And I think that's a lot of what the Mansfield Center is focusing on these days. How do we how do we bring that back? Because, boy, people can get on social media and beat a drum really easily. (laughs) A lot more to it. Yeah, it's it's very easy to blog, but it's not very easy to govern. Yeah. And 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 that that's the difference. I I think anybody can blog and get your blog out. There. Oh, I read your blog. Good job. Now, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> well, and I think social media is is a huge part of this. Like right. obviously, we get a lot of our news from social media now, and it's easy to throw out a biting comment or an anonymous comment. Um but places like KGVO and looking at the media, this is an integral part of our community. Um it's you've been in the business for 50 years. You know how important it is to get 
good information out. And we have been pummeled with disinformation, misinformation. Um, you look at different news sources in the com- community now that 30,000 people used to read the Missoulian every day delivered to their doorstep over breakfast. They used to have someone at all of these local government events. We don't have that representative now or that representation in the media now. Um, so it's harder for us to get information. So what the Mansfield Center is trying to do to ensure that people have access to the work that Gwen and her colleagues are doing is we are doing more civic education in the schools. So that we have a number of programs for high school kids looking at this as a long game. How do we ensure that kids graduate from high school, from university, knowing what their role is in an engaged democracy? You know, I've mentioned before, I'm a first-generation American. My parents are from Egypt. Egypt has more political prisoners than any nation in the world. There are 65,000 people imprisoned in Egypt um, for stating their beliefs. The United States is a beacon of hope, and we want to keep it that way. This is not a dictatorship. This is a democracy. This is something where everybody can share their voice. And so what we're trying to do is honor that integrity, that full representation that we're seeing on our local city council. Well, the, the steps that you're taking uh, through programs like this and, and more being more active within the Missoula community itself, uh, uh, instead of being, you know, the, the, the city on the hill that yeah. if, we, if we can climb that high, we can get there. Yeah. You're, you're, you're coming down to the people and, and, uh, and allowing us in the doors to get involved with what uh, Mike Mansfield stood for. Well, and Mike Mansfield absolutely believed he that he was not coming down from the Capitol, mm. that he was there with the people, right. that he was there to, to serve them. Um, one thing that we are doing uh, for high school kids is that we're bringing them into a Big Sky Leadership Forum, that we're selecting kids from across the state of Montana and engaging them with their elected officials and making it feel like they are part of the process. We're also looking at the challenges of rural America having a voice. So another program we're doing is bringing a dozen Montana kids from across the state with a dozen kids from urban Chicago, having them visit each other's communities and then end in Washington, D.C. to look first at local issues and then at federal issues. So we have a whole range of programs where we are trying to support the people of Montana. I'd love to see some Chicago kids in in Grizz jerseys. That'd be great. (laughs) Yes, and maybe we can get them here in your studio. That sounds sounds good to me. All right, so we got about a minute and a half left. You want to wrap up? Gwen, any final words? Um, I would say to be a good engagement citizenry also means having information, which it's a challenge these days. Um, But people can be on boards and commissions for the city of Missoula and get in-depth information by participating, volunteering that way. They can also look at our agenda and actually click on the attachments and read the underlying documents if they're trying to track an issue. And then finally, never hesitate to call up your counselor and say, let's go have coffee if you want to talk through something, because those are my best interactions and that's, I love doing that, and people should use their counselors. 30 seconds, Dina. Well, and I want to say that that is truly in the mold of Mike Mansfield, that so many people remember him sitting down in the Ox at downtown Missoula, having a cup of coffee people with people, and hearing what they deeply cared about. So we're so lucky to have that kind of representational government here in Missoula, and look to people to come to the Mansfield Center to tell us what you care about. It's a pleasure having you both. Thank you. Really appreciate all your answers to all our questions and being here today. We appreciate it. 
Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for All having right. us on. Mr. Nick, what's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous program, sir? Uh, we'll do open phones again from 8 to 9, and then Attorney General Austin Knutson will be here 9 to 10 in studio to oh. take your calls. All righty. Hey, get out there and enjoy this uh, non-winter <laughs> we're having right now. I don't know what's happened to the snow, but anyway, uh, please be safe. Drive drive carefully. The roads can be a little bit slick in the morning, so uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 with Ace on Montana Morning.